Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplift you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. But regardless, I mean, it's a Christmas classic, and um, it, that classic, you know, ah, you know, the, the cla- it's a classic movie of a kid left home while their parents uh, went on a vacation. And I was growing up always like, man, Kevin's dad, what does what Kevin's dad do to, to afford this house? I wanted that. I wanted Kevin's house. I mean, Home Alone is a classic. They left Kevin at home, and Kevin had to become a security system real, real, real quick because robbers were coming in, and he was left alone. And then finally, happily ever after, the parents come after all these crazy things, and they find Kevin, and Christmas happened. But he here in the as we were as we're ending this series i wanted to kind of talk about this concept that god kind of showed me in the nativity story that we kind of don't talk about it a lot we kind of just jump from different points of this story and kind of don't see how the emotion and the the things that were happening in this in this moment and and the reality is real people were dealing with this situation of jesus being born and it was a it was a it was mary a woman joseph a man and The Holy Spirit came in and just changed their life. And if we don't see these things, and sometimes we read the Bible like it just happened right away. But sometimes there was time in between a verse 1 and a verse 2. And I kind of want to break that down for you today because I want to talk about the concept of being alone. The concept of being alone. We don't like being alone. We don't like being, matter of fact, the Bible talks about a lot. We use the, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's a promise that God gives us in our life. But there's sometimes in your, in your, in your walk with Christ that, that alone is not a negative thing. Alone is something that can transform your being, transform your life in, in, in as you walk this relationship with Jesus Christ because this story of this baby being born wasn't just an ordinary story there was not it was not a normal birth there was no announcement on Facebook there was no baby gender reveal that just happened recently I mean I, I didn't even have no gender reveal we just said hey we're having a baby there was no bed bath and beyond registry All right. There was no baby shower. There was no hospital tour. This was not an ordinary birth. And with that came a lot of stress, came a lot of anxiety, came a lot of fear. And at times you can say it came a lot of loneliness as well. Loneliness, this isolation, the isolation of this announcement that was given to Mary probably brought a lonely feeling to her life, especially when the news came and she got this news from the Holy Spirit that she was going to be a baby. And then imagine the awkward conversation now talking to Joseph and saying, hey, you're not the father. And it, it was like the worst Usher song ever. The first confessions. These are my confessions. It happened. Mary, this is, we, we read this like, oh, this is a beautiful story. No, this is an awkward story. Awkward. If Jess comes to me and says, hey, I'm pregnant, I'll be like, who the daddy? We'll be on the Maury show real quick. Because it, it just doesn't happen. Everything about this story 
was a little weird and at times brought a little bit of isolation in these, in these characters' lives. It's the story of being alone. Let's go read it here as we give some context to Matthew chapter 1. Verse 18 through 25, it says this. And now the birth of Jesus took place in this in this way when the mother Mary was betrothed with Joseph. <clears throat> I need some water. Before they came together, she was, thank you, she was found to be with child through what? The Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph became, uh, was just, was just man unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, everybody say, consider these things. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be of, of, of fear. Take your Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And we know that he gave the announcement that he will be Emmanuel, God with us. And the story kind of goes on with there. You got to understand this. There's two accounts in the Bible that that brought this story to life. The Matthew account and then the Luke account. A lot of the stories when you when you were growing up, you kind of just probably revolved around the Luke account because the Luke account, it gave a little bit more detail. See, the Matthew account talked about it doesn't really tell us the birth of Jesus as Luke does. But Matthew instead tells us where Jesus came from and tells us a story through the eyes of Joseph. See, in the in the book of Luke, it's kind of in the eyes of Mary. But in the book of Matthew, it's really through the eyes of Joseph. And we see Mary getting this announcement that was not normal, but then she accepts the mission. She accepts the calling on her life without even discussing it with Joseph. If I made a decision without my wife, man, we even have an issue of how to, what, what to pick, what to eat every day. Men, are you there with me? Because we don't cook that much, okay? And when we decide what we eat, it's always this what? Back and forth. What do you want to eat? Well, I don't know. Okay, then we pick. Ugh, you, you know what I'm talking about. They're like, ugh. But I just picked. So this, this announcement was a little different when Mary accepted this mission this calling on her life to to hold Jesus and then she had to go to Joseph and tell him the news have you let me say let me say this have you ever been excited about something to tell somebody else and the expectation is so high but then when you tell them it's crickets uh, I guess I have, it's happened to me when something happened in your day and you want to tell your wife you know, and you're super excited, like, man, this is amazing. This happened. And you get home and you tell them the announcement and they're like, well, okay. But you don't understand, like, this was the best thing that happened to me. And they're like, okay. I'm like, get out of my face, woman. Get out of my face. This is what happened to Mary. She received, this doesn't happen. The Holy Spirit come upon you. You're pregnant. And then she goes to Joseph and Joseph's like, Wait, what? And the excitement and the anticipation kind of just left on deaf ear because Joseph, it says, if you read, it says that he had to go think about it. He had to separate himself from the situation. 
Mary was so excited about this promise, this moment that she has given. What happens when you are you are the only one that sees the promise, but nobody joins your celebration party? What if you're the only one that God is calling, the only one that God has spoken to, and the only person that can celebrate with you is you because nobody else understands the great calling on your life? See, there was nothing wrong with Joseph, but the reality is God never spoke to Joseph yet. Only Mary held the promise. So here's what you need to understand is the moment that the angel told Mary to the moment that uh, that Joseph got the dream, there was a season of Mary's life where she was the only one left alone. She couldn't go talk to her parents. She couldn't go talk to her friends. Nobody would understand. And when she told Joseph, he didn't even understand in, in, right away. So what does that tell me? That's like sometimes... God's going to speak to you, and you're the only one that is going to have to be celebrating it, and no one else will understand. Not even the person closest to you will sometimes understand. So in our life, we want validation from people so much that we neglect the promise that God has for us because we don't know how to celebrate it for ourselves. Because we, we truly hear it from God, but do we really validate his words in our life? Or do we have to go to somebody else for them to celebrate us and not really get celebrated by the Holy Spirit in our life? Because this is where Mary was. Nobody could have said anything to her. She had to be the one to hold it for a moment in a moment of loneliness. What happens when you're the only one that comes to your celebration? Matter of fact, what happens when they start talking about you, when they make fun of you, when they backstab you? It's a lonely road sometimes when you are alone, especially when you're doing God's will in your life. Sometimes he's gonna, there's going to be seasons of alone. Of alone. You're the only one getting involved. You're the only one giving in your family. You're the only one coming to church. You're the only one, the only one. And even though it's a great promise that God, and you're doing something right, it just seems alone. How do we navigate the alone seasons? See, there's multiple times in the Bible where God uses people or God tells people to kind of set themselves apart, to be alone. How about this? Moses was the only one that God spoke to and said, hey, go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. That just don't happen. This powerful man, Pharaoh, and now one person that God uses said, hey, set yourself apart and go do my will. Imagine the pressure, the anxiety that everything Moses had at that moment. But guess what? He was the only one. How about David? David, there's a, there's a, there's a giant in the land. Everybody around is, ba is bowing down. Everybody is scared, and you're the only one that can stand up. The only one. Abraham, go alone. It says that he had to go alone. Go sacrifice your son. Be obedient. The only one. Daniel, there's a lion's den. Jump in it. You were obedient. They put you in it, but he was the only one. And guess what? God made a miracle. The only one. Are you mature enough to be the only one to still do what God tells you, even though you're the only one? You're the only one. 
See, in our, in our society, being alone is sometimes is most of the time uh, attached to something negative. But there is times where you need to be alone to grow. And sometimes God tells you to be alone to protect you. To protect you. It, it's, it's like this. I, I, I need a couple people, okay? I need uh, Carlos, come over here. Come, come here. Come here, Gabby. Come on, John. Take the headset off. And uh, Jazz, come here. Okay. Carlos, you're right there because I like that hat. You're God, okay? Stand right here. Gabby, come here. John, go with Jazz. Okay. This is life sometimes, okay? We have, let's just talk about friendships for a minute, okay? And friendships because we all want to have friends, okay? This is Gabby. She wants to be with friends. So she finds a friend group, okay? And God is over there calling her to do something great in her life, okay? And not saying that friends are bad, but sometimes whenever we're close to people, we become who they are. So this friend group is now being a little toxic in Gabby's life. And now this friend groups becomes, come over here. Come on, John. Becomes a hindrance to where, where there was a clear path for Gabby to get to God. A clear path for him, for her to, to experience him in a different way. But now something has come in the way because sometimes we let people validate. And what, when Gabby used to listen to God's voice, now she's listened to opinions and now she's becoming something that she never was supposed to be. But then God calls Gabby to separate from the friend group. She realizes that this friend group is a little bit toxic. So then she separates herself or God separates them. Or how about one day they started talking about Gabby and she realizes that this friend group is not good. I'm just talking a little real today. Because sometimes God is going to expose what you should have gave up. Because most of the time we will never give up because we like the comforts of it. So sometimes God is going to expose, and in the, in the exposure, God, you're going to be hurt. In the exposure, you're going to feel the, uh, you're going to feel depressed. In the exposure, you're going to have the anxiety. But maybe you're dealing with that now is because you never said no. When God wanted to separate you, you still held on to it because in reality, you don't really want to know what God has. You just want to know what people say about you. It's validation. It's approval. So what happens now, she realizes God speaks to her, right? God speaks to her, and she, she gets away from this friend group, okay? Go right here to the middle. Go right there to the middle, okay? And now she sees things a little clearly, right? She sees things a little clearly. But this is what happens sometimes. Just because we, we want the approval of people, we rather deal with the friend group or we rather deal with the things that we're dealing with because at least we have control. And instead of just running to God and God is speaking to her, we, we say, guess what? Uh, he's far away and he's not listening to my prayers. He's not listening to whatever. And, and instead of just drawing near to God, because he's always there, he's never left. What do we do is instead of going this way, we start creeping back. Because we just want to just be accepted. But little do you know that God has set her aside alone to grow 
And in reality, he's actually probably put it a hedge of protection to protect her from this friend group. And if Gabby really decides that in this alone season, I'm not going to be a wasted season. I'm going to draw closer to God. I'm going to draw, because it says when you draw close to him, he draws close to you. And little do you know that what was something that you, you were so into, that you loved them and, and you were a part of them, you were a part of that friend group, you were a part of that job, that you were that was your identity at one point. God, you don't know that that God has separated you for protection. And when God does that, He draw, you draw near to him, he draws near to you and then come here John uh, Alex what happens is God starts opening other doors where you didn't even see then there's this probably this other job that you would never had accepted if you never been alone you would never see the blessing that God has for you if you never draw near because afar you can't see the blessing, so you only live with the temporal. But sometimes you, you got to see what God is doing in your life. You got to separate yourself. You got to be alone and say, God, while I'm alone, I'm going to grow. When I'm alone, I'm going to read. While I'm alone, I'm going to grow who I called me. So when I draw near... You're going to open doors that I never saw before. Yes, it might hurt. Yes, I might lose some friends. Yes, I might lose some things. But greater is what God has for me than the things that are holding me back. Is the season. You guys are good. Thank you, God. Is the season of alone. See, because it said this. It said that Mary, in the book of Luke, it said that Mary, when she got the announcement and she told Joseph this is what she did. She said that they went, she went to her, 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 uh, her cousin Elizabeth's house, which was now had uh, John the Baptist inside. And then when they met together, it said the babies leaped within them. You know what that means? Is that she had to go separate herself from what she knew to accept something that was supernatural. Is the alone season. And sometimes we cannot see, we, this is what we do at times. It's like, oh God, why you have put me here and I miss them and I miss that relationship. And you don't miss the relationship, you just miss being loved. And you're already loved. Oh God, I just missed that, that job. No, you just, you, you just missed the money, but you had anxiety. You had depression. They were talking about you. Maybe God has taken you out to protect you so you can grow to who God wants you to be. See, I've known some people in, the, in their life where they had to take this huge leap of faith. And the only, person that was in, the only person that was in the way was them. God was speaking. God was opening doors. But the reality is we don't like to take the step because sometimes that step is very lonely. It's lonely. See, this is where Mary is. She had to be alone. To hold the promise, this huge promise that God has given you, she was the only one that could celebrate it. She was the only one that can be a part of it. See, it says here in, the, in, in Matthew and Luke, this encounter with the angel, Matthew said that Joseph took time to think through this. And in the book of Luke, it said that Mary, when she got the announcement and told Joseph, she went away and saw Elizabeth. Some scholars said that Joseph's dream and recognition of the, pro, of the promise that God has given was a short 
that process that they went to bed and, and actually the, the angel spoke to Joseph and said, hey, take Mary as your, as your wife and go on. But some people, some scholars say that the, the distance between the announcement that Joseph, uh, that Mary told Joseph and for him to say yes to the promise was about three months. Because it said this, it said that she went to Elizabeth and stood there with her for about three months. Some say it was three months, some say it was shorter, but it doesn't matter. If they don't believe it, it's not their job to believe, it's your job to believe. Either way, Mary was alone in this promise. So what do we do in the seasons of being alone? And how do we grow in this season? Number one is this, we keep praying. We keep praying. If, you're if you want to communicate everything to other people, why can't you communicate it to God? We like to talk. I don't say we because you guys are holy. I like to talk. Sometimes my, the, the way I get in trouble is just talk too much. Why are you shaking your head, Jesse? <laughs> I just talk too much. You know why? Because I want to communicate my feelings. I want to communicate what I feel. But in reality, it doesn't matter what other people say. It matters about what he says. We put so much weight on the validation of other people's voices that we never really get validated by God. Sometimes the only thing we have in the season of being alone is prayer, is communication. All battles aren't, are, all battles aren't always won by you proving yourself. But all battles are won on your knees. I have a problem that I want to, I just want people to just, 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 just know who I am, to just prove myself. But in reality, sometimes you can't prove yourself. You just got to go to God and say, hey, God, this is your battle. You have to take care of it. You have to, the victory is yours, God. This is not my, my life is not my own. I need you to take care of this. And it might take a moment, it might take whatever, but communication keeps us aligned to the promise. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for um, as, we, as we ought, but the Spirit itself intercedes for us in deep groanings of not, of, for words. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you the great and hidden things that you have not known. Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, it says, Watch and what? Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And the spirit is indeed, but the flesh is weak. You have to communicate your thoughts, your feelings. Oh, but God already knows, but he just wants to hear your voice. We have to continue in this. If we're in a lone season and God is growing us and pruning us, we have to tell God our thoughts, tell God our feelings, because he wants to hear you. Because if you don't talk your thoughts, your only thing your thoughts are going to go to is your head. And then you're going to start making up scenarios in your head that are never true. Oh, they're talking about me. No, they're not. They're probably talking about how, how do you, where they're going to go to eat. But if you're not communicating with God and getting God's validation against God's God's approval in your life, you're always going to try to look for approval. And then you're always going to think that the side conversations are all about you. But the reality is, it's not. You stop 
Don't quit on the promise because you want to keep your feelings to yourself and white knuckle it. No, open your mouth, speak to your God because he is listening and he wants to be with you. He is fighting the battles with you. You're not alone. Matthew chapter 11, verse 20 says, come to me all who labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest. What's another thing that we have to do while we are alone? We got to do this. We got to keep believing. Keep believing because there's going to come time where you have to just believe in this thing. You, you just, out of the shadow of that, doesn't matter what's going on, doesn't matter how I feel, doesn't matter my circumstances, you just gotta believe it. Because if you just don't believe it, there's gonna, there's gonna be some cracks. There's gonna be like, oh, ugh, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't trust. You just got to believe it. Mary had to have a conviction of her life to say, hey, the angel spoke to me and I am the one. I have to have belief when others don't have, have belief. You have to keep believing in what God has got because there's going to come years and years and God has given you a promise when you were 16 and now you're 30 something. And you haven't seen that promise be fulfilled. You got to keep believing. Because it's not about your timing. It's about what God is doing in your life. So the only thing you have is belief. You believe it or not. Mary had to come to it. Listen, my husband doesn't care, doesn't believe me. My, my parents probably will never believe. My friends, they will probably stone me to death because I told them this. But what she had was belief. I saw it. I felt it. And now I believe it. And no one's going to. We have to have believers that are, that are, that are unshakable in their belief. I'm going to tell you right now, this world's getting crazy. And you have, to, you have to believe what you believe. Because there's going to be some things that are a little close to belief. And if you're not discerning through the Holy Spirit, you're going to live a doctrine or a theology that you never were truly supposed to be and not living the word of God. Because sometimes worldly things are a little too close to the Bible. But if you're not truly believing in the Bible... You're going to be living, believing in yourself, in self-help, in what I can do, and karma, and, 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 and crystals, and all that stuff. It ain't biblical. It ain't biblical. What satisfies me is his word. What satisfies me is his spirit. And if I need this thing to make me feel good, it's only a crutch for what you don't want to deal with. If we're not in his word, we are going to live a word. The question is, what word are you living? Because you can take that test and say, oh, I know my personality now, but are you really rooted in God? See, sometimes God gives us resources, but the resources become our source. But resources are there to help with what? The source. So the source is his word. The source is his voice. The source is what I going after. The source is the promise that is inside of me. We have to stand firm and believe no matter what. Uh, the shadow of doubt, if it comes, if hell's ki killing me right now, if it's hitting me in the face, if you're trying to attack my family, if you're trying to attack my finances, all I got is belief in you. You can come. Look at what happened to Job. You think you have it bad. My man lost it all. But what did not waver? His belief. His belief. See, Mary had to believe what she saw. 
Matter of fact, we have to believe even more when things are coming out of us, when things are coming at us. We don't live in unbelief, but we thrive in belief. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, may the God of, of hope fill you with all joy, peace in what? Believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in what? Hope. That's all we want is hope. Hope in something greater than us. Hope in something that, 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 is, that is above us, and that is Jesus Christ. But it all if you want to abound in hope, what you have to do? Believe. Believe. And last thing, Mary had to do this, and we have to do this in our alone season sometimes, is this. We got to trust the Spirit and do your role. Trust the Spirit and do your role. What was Mary's role in this whole thing? Was to hold Jesus was to give birth to Jesus, was to be his mother. That was her role. What was the spirit's job? Was to take care of everything else. Was to, the spirit's role was to tell Joseph at the right time that, hey, this is true. Was to open the doors to go to Egypt and open the doors to go. That was the spirit's job. What was Mary's job? Hold Jesus. This is what we do sometimes. God gives us a role, but then we're trying to manufacture things that the Spirit's supposed to be manufacturing. All you singles, all you single ladies, or men, what we try to do is, I want a man, I want a woman, and your job is to be faithful to God, and God will open that door, but then we're like, oh, but they look good. And we bring things in our life, and we call it God because we're in the honeymoon stage. And they're coming to church because they just want a little sugar, sugar. <laughs> I'm just being real. Because I can, I, I, I can lift my hands and be like, oh, okay, girl, you better wear those tight pants. It's true. We, we got to be careful with people's motives. But we also can't be dumb and add things to our life. See, Mary's job was to hold Jesus. She could have been like, oh, you know, I'm just going to go here and do this my way, my way. But no, no. She stood firm in her role, and God took care of everything else. God took care of everything else. Her job was, look at this. It didn't say in the Bible that Mary even had to tell Joseph. I'm messing with some of you guys' theology real quick. Because what, is, what, it was, what was the calling that Mary, he said, you are to hold and be faithful. And she said, yes, I will do it. She didn't say, hey, we will do it as a family. It didn't say, hey, hold right here. Let me tell Joseph. Let me get a little approval. It, it, she literally said, hey, I will do it. And even in the plan, God didn't say, hey, now go tell Joseph that this is going to happen. No, she just did it. Naturally, because what? They're engaged. So even in that, she had to still believe in her yes, even when people didn't even believe her. We didn't trust. We got to trust the plan that God is going to open doors that needs to be opened. That God's going to close the doors that need to be closed. And whatever happens, I still believe. In Psalm chapter 112 and 7 says this, he is not afraid 
He, he is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm and trusting in the Lord. What happens when you get bad news? Do you, is your heart firm? Do you still trust in God? Or do you trust in the news? Or you trust in science? Do you trust in your finances? I'm not, I'm not saying any, I didn't put this. This is in Psalms 112.7, okay? Mark that down because this is going to check some of your life right here because it says, do not be afraid of what? Bad news. It didn't say, hey, bad news is never going to come. It said, hey, when bad news comes, don't be afraid. It says, stand firm in your heart and trust the Lord. In Psalms chapter 118, verse 8, uh, for 8 says, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in men. But when we trust in him, that he's setting our path. See, he said that when we trust in him fully, he said that Joseph, I'm done. Thank you, Pastor. It said that Joseph would look to what? Divorce. Look to remove Mary. Look to, and he was, he said that he was a just man, so he tried to do it on the low, low. You know? Try to go, you know, do a little divorce on the low, low. Because he was a just man. Because he knew, he knew that if really people knew what happened, they would try to kill her. Because back then, doing, the, doing the, 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 the thing out of marriage was a no-no. So he went to divorcers not only to like, be like, oh, I don't want to be a part of that, but just to really kind of protect her as well. But the bad news was Joseph wanted to divorce, but God wanted to restore because it said that in a dream, God told Joseph, whatever Mary said, you need to do. Mary's still thinking that Joseph's a little mad at her because of the announcement, the bad news. Mary didn't know that Joseph got the announcement. Only Joseph got it. What does that tell me in my life? That God is working things on the outside that you don't even know. He is opening doors of restoration that you don't even know. All you got to be is faithful. All you got to do is listen. If, if they talk about you, if they, they, they scream at you, they do what they do. All you got to be is faithful. Sometimes you got to look dumb like, I'm just being faithful. Mary had to. Because Mary dealt with her role was to hold Jesus. Some of you need to step out of your comfort zone this next year and start serving. Do your role. Some of you have to open that business. Do your role. Some of you are, God is opening a, a, a moment of promotion and for you to be a leader in that, in that organization. Do your role. So as you are doing your role, it's not your job to do what the Spirit's supposed to be doing. Only the Spirit spoke to Joseph. Only the Spirit spoke to Joseph and not Mary persuaded Joseph. God, you got to hear that, guys. Sometimes we persuade our way into a false promise. Because Mary could have been like with the eyes and be like, Joseph, honey, I love you. 
and we persuade our way into a false sense of promise. But a true promise for God sometimes is us stepping away and letting God be God. It's our role to do what God has called us to do. It's his role to open a door that needs to open and close a door that needs to be closed. We need to be faithful to him. As Mary was faithful at holding Jesus and letting God handle it, she could have been depressed in that moment. Nothing says about that. But guess what? She never stopped believing. She never stopped believing. She never, she had a conviction of herself saying, hey, God has said it. I'm going to do it and I'm going to do whatever. God, I know my husband is not, is not following you now, but I'm going to be faithful and praying for him. I know my family doesn't want to come to church, but I'm going to be faithful and be encouraged and keep on doing what God is telling me to do. I know my finances aren't meeting well, you, the promise that he has, but I'm going to be faithful in this moment. I am going to give. I am going to tithe. See, it's not your job to provide. It's your job to be faithful your job to be faithful and as Mary was faithful there was a lone season but God always listen in the alone season God is always preparing your restoration for your for, for your victory season as well so as you are alone you better grow because there's a victory on the other side of that loneliness. There's a victory on the other side of that depression. Because God is working some things in you that on the other side, you're ready to take on and you're ready to live victorious. Because you're not meant to live alone. You're not meant to live in that depression. You're not meant to live in that. But what God is saying, God is going to restore some things. He's working some things on the other side of your obedience. He's working some things on the other side of you being faithful. Do your role. Let the Spirit will do His role. And in that moment when you walk into your victory, you look back and say, it's only God. It's only God. Yes, God, I was alone. But my alone season was worth it for my victorious season that you have for me. See, some of us, we give up when we feel alone. I'm here to tell you today, don't give up. Maybe God is not punishing you in this alone season. Maybe he's protecting you. Maybe there's some people, there's some things that, that, that is hindering your path to getting closer to God. And says when you draw near, there's things, there's doors that are going to open up. There's things that are going to open up. But your job is not to set the path. Your job is just to walk it out. Are you being faithful with what God has, with, uh, has given you? Yes, it's going to be lonely. Yes, it's going to be hurtful at times. But the thing is, do not stop the communication. Do not stop the belief. And trust that he's making a way on the other side where there seems to be no way. He is restoring what was supposed to be divorced is now restored to living out the promise that God has for their life. Where are you today? You feel a little lonely? Are you alone because sometimes we got to go to the root of it. Why am I alone? Why do I feel lonely? Am I trying to get validation from people? Am I really communicating with God? Am I taking time to let him fill me up, to restore some things in me? Or are you just waiting for fate to come and just it to happen? No, no, no. While I stand here, I don't care who believes it with me. If God is for me, who shall be against me? Let me tell you something right now. God is for you. God is for you. Some of you, God, God is speaking to you right now. And you're probably being in a lonely season. 
But I'm, God is saying, hey, there's a restoring season on the other way. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Hold the promise that I, got, have, that I have for you. And he says that I will be with you. Come to the source and not live on the resource. Trust him. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.